You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by the wonderful Perry Goldstein. We are sitting here in our Pax What She Said merch, ready to record an episode for you. So if you have not checked out the Teespring hosted through She Said TV, make sure you do that because you can be rocking some cool Pax What She Said merch like we are. Um, gotta say the shirts and the sweatshirts are super comfortable. Yep. Um, I'm probably going to live in mine. So. Yep. Um, we have on deck for you today of course a Packers Jaguars preview but before we get into the breakdown I wanted to give a shout out to one of our favorite people in the Packers sphere Big B announced on Twitter on Monday afternoon that he was diagnosed with cancer and that's some heavy heavy stuff for anybody to be going through but as a 14 year old I can only imagine what you're going through, Big B. Just know that Perry and I are thinking about you. Um, you are the GOAT. And we cannot, <laughs> the goat, wait. The goat. <laughs> we cannot wait for you to make a speedy recovery. Uh, you're going to kill this thing. You're just going to kick cancer's ass. And we're going to be rooting for you the whole time. So, Yeah, I, cancer chose the wrong guy because it ain't going to win. And uh, we just we just wanted to take like a second to just say how much we appreciate what you bring to the Twitter world, and honestly, like what you what that what the energy that you kind of like expend about the Packers, and it's infectious, and we love it. And I spent pretty much every day of like intense quarantine doing trivia, and I always had Big B enjoy the Jaguar in the comments with me and Nagler there. So I feel like, you know, you're a friend, man. And uh, just wanted to, just wanted to say that like our thoughts, everyone's thoughts and prayers, if that's something that you do um, and well wishes are with you. Yeah. You're absolutely like the little brother of Packer nation. So we got your back and we of course do think that you're the goat. So um, (laughs) with that, obviously now it's kind of easy to transition. You just mentioned Joey, the Jaguar and we have a Jaguars preview on deck. So Thank you, Joey. I mean that. <laughs> um, so this is kind of back to our normal routine now this week. Last week, we threw a curveball at everybody and did a recap show. But this week, we have a preview. So Perry, why don't we just dive right in? Who is your Packers player to watch on offense this week? I'm so excited that we have him back fully healthy, probably going to take all the snaps. So, you know, I hope that we get a little pony package out there, but I fully expect that our main man, Aaron Jones, is going to be back this year, uh, this week. Uh, the offense is just so much better with him out there. He's so dynamic. 
so shifty. We've got him and Rodgers and Devontae on the field again. We saw what they did, the three of them, last week, and I think that this is, um, you know, bottom third defense, the Jaguars, right? Not great against the run, not great against the pass either. And um, I think Aaron Jones is just going to have himself a day. He seemed super, super jazzed and jacked up to be out there last week, but I know that he was in a limited capacity. So he's full participant, full health. And I think he's going to be ready to make up for some lost time and some lost yardage and some lost touchdowns in the games that he missed. So I'm ready for it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I'm learning anything from this episode, it's that I'm really self-conscious of how I say Jaguar is a Wisconsinite. So <laughs> it is quite Midwest. I will say that. Yeah. It's, it's one of my worst words that I pronounce. Um, also big, but we're not going to, we're going to talk about that, but <laughs> my player to watch on offense. Um, hopefully he's back. Alan Lazard. I think that, you know, we've kind of seen him primed and ready to kind of get acclimated back into this offense. And I think MVS looked really good last week. He had obviously two receptions only, so small sample size, but they were two touchdowns with Aaron Jones back, you know, your player. I think we're going to see the offense at full strength. And I wrote about this um, for my my pregame six pack this week, but we haven't really had a full offense since week two and their first two weeks, they put up 40 burgers. So I'm excited to see wide receiver two back in action and just kind of what that does for this offense. If you are doubling Devontae, then you have Alan Lazard open. You have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the backfield together. Like there's just so many opportunities. We haven't even mentioned the tight ends, big dog going against his former team this week. So I'm thinking it's Alan Lazard. I'm really excited to see him back in the fold and kind of see what this offense looks like at full strength. Yeah. And Alan Lazard up against the team that cut him as well. Little revenge game, possibly, you know, you didn't, see it. Now here I am wide receiver two with Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mention full strength because we were also, I think somewhat full strength week three. And although we didn't put up a 40 burger, we still scored 37 points. So when this offense is going, it's going. Um, and we haven't seen Matt LaFleur in his, you know, prime play calling that he has been over the last couple of weeks as well with this full offense. So it's going to be fun Um, on deep or sorry, not defense on the Jaguars side. I think there's probably like one player that I'm even a tad tiny bit concerned about. Um, And it's, for a few reasons. One being apparently the weather on Sunday is going to be kind of similar to the Vikings game, cold, windy, really windy. And when a game's like that, obviously you're a little bit run heavy, which great works for us, but also doesn't work for us on the defensive side of the ball. So James Robinson, I think is going to be the player to stop for our defense. He's not Dalvin cook. He's not Alvin Kamara, but at the same time, you know, running backs can gash us in a way that keeps the other team in the game hanging around for far too long than I think that we would um, be comfortable with. So James Robinson, I think is the playmaker. I'm sure you're going to talk about the other playmaker that we're potentially a little bit worried about. Um, But I think from the running back running game standpoint from the Jaguars side, that's um, who I'm looking at. 
yeah, you, you nailed it. And, uh, we don't have a script, so, you know, that's, that just shows how in sync we are. It's like we have ESPN or something, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but my player to watch for the Jaguars offense is DJ Chark. Mm -hmm. And I know that he has, um, Jake Luton throwing him the ball this week and not Gardner Minshew, but we saw in Jake Luton's opening series, rookie sixth round draft pick for the Jaguars this year on third and eight, he threw a 73 yard touchdown to DJ Chark. It was his first and I guess only, you know, passing touchdown of the game, but he looked really good. And we know that he can throw the deep ball and DJ Chark is speedy and shifty. And if this is a Packers defense that will be for sure without Jair Alexander, who's still in the concussion protocol, did not practice. Um, Kevin King kind of limited. We're not sure what his availability will be yet. I think DJ Chark is a huge factor Mm -hmm. there kind of given what we've seen out of him so far this season and just knowing that the secondary might be pretty banged up for that Packers defense. Yeah. I do not like that Jair is not going to be out there. Not one bit. But if there's one team that we can maybe sacrifice having him out there for the Jaguars are the team. So yeah, that's true. So that segues really nicely into who I'm going to talk about who I'm watching for the Packers on defense, which is the young Well, I guess he's not young because he was taken in the same draft as Jair, but I'm really looking at Josh Jackson again this week. I think that he's slowly and steadily gotten a little bit better over the last couple of weeks um, starting and getting that time and those snaps. I think switching sides of the field, if Kevin King is a go, will be an interesting challenge for him. I'd like to see him get a little less handsy. Um, The penalties are killer, man. Like, they're killer. And if he wasn't pulling one major penalty a game, he'd have a pretty clean game. And this should be um, one of the easier wide receiver cores for him to defend against. So I think if he can put up a really nice, solid game against a not great offense, uh, it will say a lot for his future on the team. Yeah, Josh Jackson's a really good one. Um, I think my player to watch on defense is probably going to be Kamal Martin. Because I think that he, so far in so few games, has almost been a linchpin for this defense. And we have Chris Barnes still on the COVID reserve list. Kamal Martin was activated earlier this week. Um, Not sure if Christian Kirksey will come back or what that'll look like if he does come back. But we've seen a lot of really good things out of Kamal Martin. And I think that he's one of the better tacklers. He's aggressive. He's making plays behind the line of scrimmage, which is something that we don't see too frequently in Mike Patton's defense right now. So... I think, you know, by all accounts, getting him back out in the middle of the defense will be really beneficial for this Packers defense, especially if it does kind of turn into a ground and pound game where we see 40 mile an hour wind conditions and rain. I think that, you know, him in the middle of your defense makes you feel a lot better than some of the alternatives. Completely agree. I love what he's put on the field so far. Um, Okay, so... Jaguar side again not the best defense in the league right like holistically I think not not the best team good one to get off of a mini buy they're one in what are they one in seven bottom of their division so should be a nice easy win but they do have a player that you and I were very excited about in the draft um to no surprise, I'm sticking with the secondary and not because I think that he's going to stop Devonte or put up any kind of major fight against our team. Um, but I'm really excited to watch CJ Henderson. I don't get to watch a lot of Jaguars games. They don't get broadcasted here. They don't get a ton of uh, prime time slots. So I haven't really seen the guy play in the big leagues yet. And I'm just like, kind of looking forward to it because 
like I mentioned, he's someone that you and I kind of had our eye on during the draft. Obviously, he got picked quite high because he was one of the better corners um, in this year's draft. So just kind of looking forward to seeing what he's like in the NFL now and how he plays and if he's kind of stepped up into that number one role spot for them, which I feel like he has, and um, who he's kind of going to be trailing on Sunday, if it is Devontae or if they use him more in like zone and um, he's going to have to kind of be all over the place. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm going to switch to the front seven, which is kind of our brand. You talk about the secondary and then I talk about the addressers, but yeah, my guy this week is Josh Allen and he was somebody that I liked in the draft last year. Um, I don't think anybody in, you know, Packer nation really thought that he was going to fall all the way to pick 12 for the Packers. And obviously they ended up with Rashawn Gary anyway, but um, Josh Allen has looked good. He had a really nice freshman season in the NFL. And so far he's been able to play in six games uh, this year out of the eight and in every game so far this season, he's had at least one quarterback hit. So he's really good at generating that pressure. He's leading the team in sacks, which is only two and a half, but you know, still leading the team and he does have the ability to get after the quarterback. So if David Bakhtiari plays, you know, that offensive line has looked really good for green Bay. And I think that that will hold up, but I think that Josh Allen is going to see his opportunities. And I guess before we shift to X factor, one other kind of bonus player that we talked about pre-show is Josh Jones, who was obviously a former second round pick for the Packers and never really got the opportunity to start. And now he is a starting strong safety for the Jaguars and he's on the injury report. I'm not sure he'll play this week, but I would have liked to kind of get to see what he looks like in a starting role because he never really had that in green Bay. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun to, to watch some ex Packers players go up against their old team. It's always a nice little homecoming situation. Yeah. Although I don't think he left on the best terms. Um, okay. So we're switching over to our X factor for the game. I'm going to talk about someone I think that I don't spend enough time talking about, but he's, one of the best players on the Packers. He just got the money that he deserves, but he hasn't been playing the same since he got back from that injury. And he had a press conference. I think it was either today or yesterday where he really took ownership for the way that him and the rest of the Packers front seven have been playing and not really like dictating and pressuring the quarterback the same way they did last season. So I'm really hoping that Kenny Clark comes into this game kind of with that juice that he had in his presser and really gets home. You know, he hasn't had a sack since um, since he was came back from his injury. Uh, we haven't really heard his name, you know, be called a ton on the broadcasts either. And we know what a disruptive player he can be. We know what he can do to interior offensive linemen and to quarterbacks. And so I would love to see Kenny kind of get back to that peak form that we know he can have and, and pressure Jake Luton a lot on Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the front seven. Um, also shout out to Kenny Clark on his announcement that he's going to be a father. That's really yeah, exciting. Cute. And uh, of course, shout out to Zadarius Smith on his brand new son. That's also super exciting. Um, but I'm sticking in the front seven with Preston Smith. And I think that we saw Preston emerging. He had a, arguably his best game of the season against the 49ers. He created, you know, the pressure that resulted in the Raven green turnover. Um, so I think that that's what we need to see more of more from him kind of moving forward. He's played in streaks and, you know, I know Zadarius in his post game presser had said that Preston felt like he was dropping back a lot and he wanted the opportunity to go out and do what he was doing best. 
So I think that that was kind of a confidence booster for him. And just knowing that he was able to get in a quarterback's face and knowing the quarterback that he'll be able to do that against on Sunday, a rookie um, in making his second NFL start. I think that he has a big opportunity to kind of carry on the trajectory that he started last week. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole front seven does. Um, I hope they keep they keep that energy, keep that momentum. Uh, I think for the Jaguars, um, you know, you mentioned DJ Chark. I think that the X factor for them on offense is going to be LaVisca Chenault. That's what he was drafted to be, right? Was an X factor sort of gadget like player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his relationship and chemistry is like with this new quarterback. Obviously it's not Gardner Minshew who he's played with again, another player that you and I, and a lot of Packers fans really loved in the draft. Uh, and he, I think would be a player that would actually be really interesting in Matt LaFleur's scheme. But alas, he is who we are playing this week and not who is playing for us. So I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what he does on the field and if the Packers are able to stop him with, you know, sort of the limited tape that we have on him. Yeah, I'm going to take the layup that's right in front of our faces that I think we're shying away from here. And I'm going to talk about Jake Lutton. Um, Luton? Luton, like gluten. Luton like gluten. That's how I have to remember it because I don't know. I'm weird, I guess, but yeah. So Jake Luton is my guy. I, um, I thought he looked good. I mean, I think that there were some plays that he would have wanted to have back and some sacks that he took and, you know, just those little rookie growing pains, but he can throw a deep ball. He's got an impressive arm. And mm-hmm. I think the weather will dictate a lot of what he's able to do on Sunday, but depending on the performance that he's able to put out, if he stays like poised in the pocket, he has players that he can get the ball to. Chenault, like you just mentioned, DJ Chark. He's got James Robinson in the backfield for him. So he's got players around him. But if they can get him rattled, I think that it's just game over immediately for the Jaguars. So to me, I think everything kind of hinges on if he's able to stay productive and composed or if the pressure is able to, to kind of force him into making rookie mistakes. Yeah, he also played the Texans last week, right? So take that definitely his performance with a little Mm -hmm. bit of a grain of salt for sure. Um, So key matchup, you know, this is an interesting game to me. I I think that this is one the Packers should win handedly. I see no reason why they should drop this one. You know, it's not some kind of division game like against the Vikings where things get wonky. It's not the bucks who are also NFC contenders. Um, it's the Jaguars. They're at the bottom of their division. They've only won one game. Um, but my matchup here is more actually a coaching matchup than anything on the field, really. And it's, I think, going to be a really fun revenge game, a li- like revenge, if you will. Now he's on a better team. But for Nathaniel Hackett, our offensive coordinator um, was with the Jaguars from 2015 to 2018 before he got fired. Um, after losing seven straight games, uh, he actually knows Doug Marone, the head coach from college years, uh, when he coached at Syracuse and when he was with the bills. So this goes back a ways, this goes back like about a decade for him. And like I mentioned, he's obviously with the better team now, and we can probably assume that Nathaniel Hackett was not the issue in Jacksonville since they're still losing and the Packers here are winning. Um, but I think there is just something to be said about a coach who gets fired mid season 
gets another opportunity and is succeeding and then gets to sort of play that team that let him go again. Uh, I'm sure it'll be somewhat cathartic and therapeutic for him, even though, again, he is on the team that is contending for a Super Bowl ring now. Yeah. I mean, talk about an upgrade, but yeah. I, and it, it's funny that you mentioned losing seven straight and losing your job because Jaguars won week one and now they've lost seven straight. And I don't know at what point you think about the head coach or if you injuries factor into that at all, but I don't know. It, it's, it feels like cheating to say that a matchup is contingent on turnovers, but I really think that that's going to be a big part of this game. I think it'll be up to the Packers defense. You know, I mentioned rattling Jake Luton earlier, but I think that that's kind of what it comes down to is this secondary, maybe generating some pressure in the front seven, but that ability to force turnovers. Um, the Jaguars have already given up the ball 11 times on offense in four of their games. They've given up the ball twice. And the only game that they did not have a turnover was week one. And it was their one win of the season. So this is a Packers defense that has not forced a lot of turnovers so far this season. They're up to six total uh, for the entire year, three interceptions. Um, so I think, honestly, my key matchup is probably that Packers secondary against um, whether it's DJ Chark, um, the pressure they generate against Jake Luton, but just that ability to force turnovers because they're going to get their opportunities, especially in this windy, rainy, kind of gross Lambeau Field game on Sunday, uh, depending on what the weather is like. Even if it is raining and they don't really put the ball in the air a ton, then force a fumble. We saw Z get a fumble last week. So I think kind of carrying that momentum of generating turnovers is going to go a long way for this Packers team. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is another like test kind of for them where it's like you should beat up on a bad team and you should be getting those turnovers in games like this, you know, take advantage of lack of ball security or a lot of rookies. This team is really, really young and rookies tend to make more mistakes. So I think those are the kinds of things that you want to watch for. Even if it's a win, even if it's a blowout win, you still want to see some level of improvement from things that the Packers haven't been doing well and definitely agree with you. Turnovers are one, one of those. Yep. So we, we talked about this a little bit pre-show um, unless you have any kind of holistic thoughts about this matchup going forward. Um, I think, I think it's time to give our predictions and we kind of have flipped back and forth on this. Um, Historically, one of us always calls a blowout. And uh, before I, before I give my score, I'm just curious what your thoughts are going into this week. Um, I, I don't think we can even really talk about it as a trap game because I don't necessarily think trap games are a thing. The Packers are 13.5 point favorites going into Sunday's matchup, which is, Wow. Insane. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. That's, I like, you know what? I, I <laughs> like the respect. I, I, I like the respect of that line. I think it's wow. Rich. Um, but I also think that the Packers are going to win by like 20. So maybe not so rich. Um, I see this being another like 37, 17, 35, 15. Like I think that, you know, it'll be a similar sort of, Packers get ahead quite early like they typically do. I would love to see them score on their first drive again, keep the streak going. I can't see any reason why they wouldn't. And kind of put it to bed early. Maybe the Jaguars get some garbage time, fourth quarter and a third quarter points, but would not be surprised at all if the Packers won by three scores. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. I think that that's exactly what we should be expecting. You know, this is a Packers offense that will likely be at full strength or just about full strength. They could get all of their weapons back. David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard. I'm I'm calling it 42-17. I think that this is a Packers offense that puts up another 40-burger at full strength at Lambeau Field. Um, I think that the defense, you know, 
I think we'll see kind of what we saw against San Francisco where you might have your third stringers in there. I could see, like you said, a garbage time score for the Jaguars to kind of make the score look a little bit more impressive than it was. But I think that this is a statement game for the Packers and maybe you can't have a statement game against a one and seven team, but I think that this is just carrying on that get right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, one of the things that maybe we didn't talk about as much is just what this Packers defense needs to build on. So we saw, you know, against the 49ers, they only gave up 55 yards on the ground. And this seems like it very well could be a game that's decided on the ground if the weather is going to be as bad as what we saw against the Vikings. So hopefully that's a good sign for the Packers. And if the Jaguars get down early, they won't have the option to run the ball. Um, But if they do, you know, I want to see improvement out of that run defense because I think we saw that last week. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think a run game having both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones healthy and potentially on the field at the same time or together. We also have Tyler Irvin, like a, a run heavy game to me with this running back room at full strength is a, is a positive. I I think, and, and this is not any kind of hot take out here. We have one of the best running groups, I think in the league in terms of having multiple dynamic uh dynamic backs so fine by me if if aaron jones you know gets a hat trick on sunday he he's got some catching up to do like i said earlier yeah and i mean i think part of it too is and not to make any excuses the vikings are playing really well dalvin cook is a phenomenal back but you know, I think we saw the absence of Aaron Jones in that matchup. And yes. this wasn't a this was a Packers team that basically knew going in that they had one thing that would work against them. And that one thing was Delvin Cook. And obviously that resulted in a loss. But with a Packers team, with Aaron Jones back, being at pretty much full strength, I think that we see a different performance if it turns into a ground and pound game on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you that I don't believe in trap games. Um, but I I think that the momentum coming off a Thursday win, a mini buy, feeling good, feeling healthy should lead them to, you know, pound, pound. (laughs) I don't know. I want to see them run the table a little bit over the next (laughs) couple of weeks. And, and I mean that because we do have a handful of games, like maybe a little bit later in December that could be challenging. Uh, I think the schedule, the second half of this year, or this season, rather, the schedule is easier than the first half. So take advantage of these gimme games. Like Take advantage of these um, kind of what should be wins uh, so that when we get to maybe the Titans coming to town or playing the Panthers, who look great, who gave the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money this Sunday, like, you know, you want to have a cushion so that those games aren't as big for playoff implications because you won this week and next week against the Colts and against the bears, et cetera. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And we didn't think we'd have a lot to talk about because Mm -hmm. there's not much to say when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars who are one and seven at the bottom of the AFC South. But I think that that's what kind of makes these matchups so interesting is that they only happen every four years and each iteration of the matchup is always so different thinking back to 2016 Devon house was playing with Jacksonville so there's always like some little nugget that makes uh, funny makes and last time it was in Jacksonville too right so it's been eight years since the Jaguars came to Lambeau yeah I really wish that they would have been there in December but you know it's gonna be Mm -hmm. like 40 so we'll take what we can get but Perry if all of the wonderful people listening want to find your work on social media how can they do that 
Um, you can just follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Perry is P-E-R-R-I for anyone who wants to know. And um, everything's there. Just follow me on Twitter. You'll see everything in my bio. I retweet it all. Um, and I just want to reiterate again uh, how much we care for and can't wait for Big B and the Underage Packers podcast crew to be back together. Yeah, very well said. I know that Joey's kind of taken up the mantle and he's going to he's going to run through some shows, but you know, Joey, if you ever need co-host, Perry and I are available and I just volunteered Perry for that, but we are we are down to help you out with some shows, but you're killing it. You always do. You both are so talented. So, if you want to find my work on social media, you can catch me at Maggie J Loney on Twitter. Um, I write two articles a week for Chisa TV. You can find Perry and me doing the Game on Wisconsin Happy Hour on Monday evenings at 6 p.m. Lambo time. Uh, you can catch me on the Thursday episodes of the Pack a Day podcast, and you can also listen to some of my poetry on my Twitter account because apparently that's Perry and my brand. Everybody retweet the ode to Devontae Adams so that Devontae Adams can see it because it is so phenomenal. It's so phenomenal. You're being blown away by Maggie Lenny's words. <laughs> I have to use my English degree somehow, sometimes. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you, as always, for listening to Pax What She Said. Make sure that you buy some merch from the She Said TV Teespring. Um, we would really appreciate it. We would love to see Pax What She Said merchandise out in the wild. Um, so stock up. Christmas is right around the corner if you celebrate Christmas. Um, otherwise, just buy one for like your mom. Hanukkah is also around the corner. Yeah, Hanukkah is also around the corner. So, <laughs> all right, go pack, go. Go pack, go. And-